word of God, I never take it lightly. And if you're at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, say amen. And we're going to read the first two verses, and it says this. It came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazantamar, which is in Gedi. And then look down with me to verse 12. We'll be skipping to verse 12. And it says this. O our God. Wilt thou not judge them, for they have no might against this great company that cometh against us? Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. How many know you need to keep your eyes on Jesus? And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. How many know things get a little bit more serious when it involves your family? Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord against you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Ye shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. I want to preach to you tonight and I plan on preaching with all my heart on this subject, the sound of victory. Somebody look at your neighbor and go, the sound of victory. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. I'm preaching tonight on the sound of victory. I am praying, and I know that all of you are praying, that God will send revival to our church. And I believe that he already has. I believe revival is in our midst, and I believe God will send revival to a people who has victory. Because everybody wants victory. I believe I am standing in front of a church right now who is filled with the victory of Jesus Christ. And the only way that we're going to win the world and really have revival is if we really have joy and if we really have victory. If you believe it, say amen. In ancient Roman religion, 
Victoria was the personified goddess of victory. Victoria was considered a major part of society and multiple temples were erected in her honor. And when they removed her statues, the the crowds would get angry because they believed that she personified and that this so-called goddess was victory. She was normally worshipped by triumphant generals returning from war. And, and this Victoria was known for success in athletic games such as chariot races. And she was considered a symbol of victory over death. And she determined who would be successful during war. And you'll even find that Victoria appears widely on Roman coins, jewelry, and architecture and other arts. And the Roman culture worshipped Victoria simply because of a skill. And she was immortalized and symbolized as victory. Somebody say victory. In Roman mythology, veritas, meaning truth, was considered the goddess of truth. Considered the daughter of Saturn and the mother of virtue. And it was believed that she hid in the bottom of a holy well because she was so elusive and so holy. Veritas is also the name given to the Roman virtue of truthfulness, which was considered one of the main virtues any good Roman should possess. So they worshipped Victoria, victory, and they worshipped Veritas, truth. Now, I'm not here to bash any other religions tonight, and I am not here to put anybody down. But I want to tell you that no matter how great Victoria or Veritas may have been in their time, they cannot bring you victory today. There is only one God that can give you victory, and it's not Victoria, and it's not Veritas, but his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, if you can get him into your life, the only victory will come from him. I do not put my hopes in a man or a woman, but in the God of the universe And I accredit my victory not to them, but to Jesus Christ tonight. Back to the text that we were reading. In this awesome chapter of scripture, you read how the people of Judah are faced with a great battle. Probably a battle that brought fear to their hearts and fear to their children and fear to their wives. And the Bible says that the Ammonites were coming to battle against them and along with them were the Moabites and with them were others. Somebody say there was a lot of people. There was a lot there coming against them. There was a lot of people coming against Judah that day. You will even study that they probably even brought their Edomite allies and with the help of the Lord, the children of Judah won the battle without even lifting a finger. And the Bible says that after they won the battle, they celebrated by praising the Lord. It says in Second Chronicles 20 and 27, And they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in the front of them, to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them 
to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. In other words, Judah had a little bit of revival service that night. Judah came to praise God. They brought their instruments and they brought their voices and they said, God, because of what you've done, I came not just to sit on the pew, but God, you brought us through the battle and I came to praise you tonight. And in the book of Chronicles, we read of 20 kings, many of which were evil kings. But in this portion, we read of one of the good ones, Jehoshaphat. And it came to pass that the children of Moab and the Ammonites came against him to battle. And his men came to him. And they said, Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming. What will we do? What shall we do, king? They said, in other words, I'm paraphrasing There's a lot of people that are coming here to kill us. What are we going to do? They said, the Bible says, there cometh a great multitude against thee. Maybe, uh, so in other words, maybe a little bit more than we can handle. There might be too many of them for us. Maybe... Somebody in this room is up against something in your life where you're saying, how in the world am I going to get through this? Maybe you're facing something that feels a little bit bigger than you. But I'm telling you, if we can just learn that we can win the battle through Jesus Christ, everything's going to be okay. Our end is his beginning. But see, it was, it was rather unusual what the king did. It says that he, he did three things. It said he set himself to seek the Lord. And then secondly, he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And then third, Judah gathered themselves together to ask help. Of the Lord. My point to you today is they gave the situation completely to God. They sought after the Lord. When something comes against you that you don't think you can handle, all you have to do is just give it to the Lord. It said, you don't need to fight this battle. There are some things that are facing you tonight that if you could just get past what you're able to do and could say, God, I'm not going to sharpen my spear. I'm not going to sharpen my sword. But I'm proclaiming a fast throughout my life and I'm giving it to you instead of trying to figure it all out on my own. And he'll fight. Your battle. But you see, if it's not given to him, if you don't give him your battle, how will he fight it for you? He wants so badly to fight your battle for you tonight. 
And the Bible says that the Lord will be with you. That's what Jehaziel said. He said, stand ye still and see that the Lord is with you. But that was before the battle. That was before the victory. You see, like most people would have done, they could have tried to rely on their own strength. Instead of seeking the Lord, they could have gathered their weapons together and rallied all the soldiers. And they could have sharpened the swords. And instead of praying, they could have been in, on the stone sharpening the spears and, and getting ready for battle. There was a lot of things that they could have been doing with their time. But you see... That would have just been mere survival. But I'm not talking about survival tonight. I'm talking about revival. You see, as long as we just try to rely on what I can do and when everything comes up against me and I just say, what can I do? What can I sharpen? What, what vest can I put on? And all we can think about is what can I do to prepare? But that's just survival. You listen to me tonight in the name of Jesus. This church is not just going to survive. We are not just going to survive. But I believe with all my heart there's revival. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just barely make it. I don't just want to hardly get through. I want a revival. But as long as we just rely on what I can do, I can guarantee you we'll just barely survive. Oh, you see, I've seen it all across America. You can survive. You can, you can keep your church. And you can make it and you can play your song. And you can have a little preaching. You can survive. But what about revival? I don't want survival. I want revival. Amen. You see, we can't figure everything out in our own little minds. But God sees the big picture. So tonight I'm preaching on the sound of victory. But here's the thing. In 2 Chronicles, the sound of victory was not the praise after the battle. That's not the sound of victory that I'm talking about. The sound of victory was when they grabbed their hearts and they grabbed the sultries and they grabbed the dulcimers and before they even knew they were going to win, they said... Praise ye the Lord. I'm going into the battle. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if we're going to win. There's a great multitude in front of me. But I'm going in praising God. It's easy to praise God when everything's going your way. It's easy to praise God after the battle's already been won. But give me a Christian. Give me a church that will go into it praising. That's when revival happens. Oh, 
Oh, I told you I was going to preach tonight. I warned you. You see, relying on what I can do, that's no, that's nothing special. I can't do very much. But oh, if I can just rely on what he can do, there's something special. There's something important there. You see, the sound of victory is not a sound you hear. Everything's just going perfect. The sound of victory. True victory. Is when you haven't even won the battle yet. You haven't even fought yet. But instead of sharpening the spears and going into battle so prepared like that. He said, fast, pray. And when it was all said and done, not one man of Judah had a scratch on his face. Because I know that in my weakness, he is strong. It says it like this in verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O king, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophet, so ye shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. Don't you find that interesting? He didn't call in the archers. He he didn't try to get on his cell phone and say, do you all have any more shields at that other castle that we could borrow? But he said, I'm going to appoint some singers. I'm going to appoint some praisers. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before their army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy. But you see, the battle hadn't been fought yet. Winning the battle did not determine whether Judah prayed. Winning the battle does not determine how great your God is. There should never be a time in my life or your life where we're not saying praise the Lord for his mercy. I don't care if you're in the battle, if the battle hasn't started yet, or if you're at the end of battle for his mercy. It endureth forever. 
See, the people of Judah knew how it should be done because they went in before a miracle had taken place. But they came into battle with the praise on their tongue. I think a praise before victory is very important to God. But victory is not based on the outcome. Victory was not based on the battle. You see, if I'm reading it right, I think I see a little victory right there. I think there was far more victory than I can see. Because to be able to go into a battle where you think you're probably going to die, like that, you've already got the victory. You've already got it. Because if you've got the Holy Ghost, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. You've still got the victory. You're still hearing the sound of victory every morning when you wake up. Because the sound of victory is not just when you go, oh God, I got my raise. Oh God, I got my job. Victory is when you say, praise Jesus Lord. I'm going into this. I don't know if I'm going to win, but it's mercy. That is true victory. You don't base victory on what you're going through. You don't base victory on your situation. Victory is in the heart. Freedom is in the heart. Heaven is in the heart. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. Victory is not in that. Victory is when I wake up and I say, oh God, praise ye the Lord. I remember your mercy. You brought me this far. You see, when we sing songs like, I've got the victory, I've got the victory. Well, I'm not coming to church saying, I got me some money. That's not the victory. I got a nice car. We're not singing about that. That's not what I'm singing about. The victory that I'm singing about, it's worthy of a song because it can't be seen by the human eye because it's in my heart. 
It doesn't matter if I leave this earth and they put me in the ground without a dollar bill in my wallet. I've got the victory. And then it says it like this in verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon... And Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. Does that sound familiar? And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. Because you, when you see, when you don't have the victory... You're destroying yourself. Those who stand against us. You know what we need to do? We need to just pray for them. You know, when, when, when Stephen was being stoned, he said, lay not this sin to their charge. Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why should we be any different? Because I don't want my enemies to be destroyed. I want them to come live in heaven with me. I want them to make it. And I believe that should be the nature of a Christian. I don't wish harm upon anybody. Before Judah's armies could even reach the battlefield, the Ammonites and the Moabites attacked their Edomite allies and destroyed them. Then they turned against each other. And as a result, Judah won without the lifting of a finger. Not one spear was thrown. Not one sword. God had demonstrated that the battle was just like it said it would be in verse 15. You remember, we started there. And he proved that he could accomplish his purpose without an army. He could accomplish his purpose without giving the battle. Devil, don't mess with the people who have learned to praise before. Don't mess with the people that has learned about the power of Jesus Christ. You know, Judah means praise. And I think that day they lived up to their name pretty good. 
because they praise God. When will we learn to praise God? How many times do we have to wait until everything's okay to go, praise ye the Lord? But before all we could go is, God, how could this happen to me? I know that I've been guilty of it. Oh, God. Help me to praise before the battle is won. Because you see, anybody can say thank you, God. That's not what makes us so special. Anybody can come to church and get a warm, fuzzy feeling and then go home. Do whatever they want to do. But you see... There's a special called out people that can say, God, I praise you. Even though nothing's going my way, I still praise you. Because that is the sound of victory. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And it says this, And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, this is verse 25 of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in the gathering of the spoil. It was so much. You see, when you learn to praise God before everything's going your way, there's something waiting for you. At the end of that tunnel, there's something there for you, and you're going to say, God, I can't even hold on. You see, what we do in the bad times determines what we carry away from the battle. You would think that after a battle, they would have lost some people. You would think there'd be some battle scars. You would think that they would never be the same after that battle. But not only were they unharmed, they left with more than they came with. They walked away from the enemy with more than they came with. Three times more. What a God we have. But when you learn to give the battle to God, that's when you say, God, I can't do it. Take it. God, I don't know what to do. Take it. God, what about my finances? Take it. 
God, what about my family? Take it. God, what about my lost loved ones? Take it. Take it, God. Because that's when revival happens. When we say, God, I can't do it. Take it. Easier said than done. Because we want to see how can I do this? How can I maneuver through this? It's not always as easy as it sounds to just say, take it, God. The battle is not mine. How many times do we walk into church depressed and scared and unsure because we have lost loved ones and we say, God, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now, I wouldn't say this unless I was in the Holy Ghost. You need to learn to walk into church and say, take it. Take it. I don't know what's going to happen. Take it, God. can't walk in down and depressed and discouraged every Sunday and every Wednesday because there's a people that's got to go take it. Oh, in the name of Jesus, take it from me. Oh, does anybody feel like taking something back today? Devil, anything you took from me, I want it back. Give me my stuff back. I want it all. You took it. I want it back. We can do it. Because we can walk through life in gloom and doom and despair and say, God, what's going to happen? Say, God can do it. I can't do it. But God can do it. Take it. But as long as it's sitting there in my hands, every time I walk through, it's going to weigh me down. I'm not going to be able to pray. I'm not going to be able to talk to God. Because we're trying to run this so-called race, as it says in Hebrews, with baggage. You want to take everything with you? You want to figure it all out? Go ahead and pick up that. Go ahead and walk into church. But thankfully, there's a place you can lay it down. It's right across here. You don't have to pick it up again. You don't have to pick it up when you go. You leave it here, we'll take care of it. Jesus will take care of it.
you just go ahead and come lay it right here. You don't have to take it home. <laughs> because that blood that flowed to Calvary, it can come and it washes it right out that side door. But we live in baggage. And we come to church and we say we have the victory. But you go to work and your coworkers say, I don't hear the sound of victory. I don't know if I would want that. Because how you live your life, the baggage that you carry with not going to sing a song of victory. God's trying to tell us tonight, please, my child, lay it down. The sound of victory Because we don't always know when we're going to win or lose the battle. But the war in our heart is already won. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. It's already been done. Jesus, help us tonight. And I close with this thought. A musician wants to come, you can come, whatever the Lord wants to do. <clears throat> when the children of Israel in the great exodus were facing the Red Sea, you'll find that they murmured and they complained. Once the Lord parted the sea for them, they walked on through on dry ground. And they said, praise be the Lord. You see, they had the right praise. That's a wonderful thing to say. But it was on the wrong side of the sea. It was on the wrong side of that Red Sea. They should have been saying, you sent us Moses. You sent us a way maker. You made a way. You got us out of Egypt. But they looked to the problem instead of the problem solved. Praised him on the other side. 
later on down the road, you'll find that many of them say, maybe we should go back. Because the victory wasn't in their heart. You can praise after a battle and walk a little bit. But when you hit the desert again, Moses, Aaron, maybe we should just go back. Are we to die out here in the wilderness? Maybe we should just go back to that same old that same old bondage. That same old problem. Maybe we should just go back. At least we didn't die there. But I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost tonight, God doesn't just want to take you out of Egypt. He wants to take you into the promise. Just because you cleared Egypt doesn't mean you made it home yet. You can still stay in the wilderness. We could all stand tonight. I believe tonight you have an opportunity. To let the Lord <laughs> turn his ear down to the earth. I hear the sound of victory. <laughs> I haven't even given them what they need. That's my child. Till you get to the other side. Tonight is your chance. To say I'm not just going to make it out of Egypt. I'm going into the promised land. If we could come to this altar tonight. I, I don't think God is done just yet. I think God wants to touch somebody. Or if somebody needs the Holy Ghost, you could get it tonight. If you need a way to get into the promised land, it's here tonight. God, don't let us die in the wilderness. Don't let us wait till the battle is won. Don't let me wait till I get to heaven to praise you. God's telling you tonight, I long to hear the sound of victory. I'm not talking about a temporary victory where you feel good for five minutes and go home and go into your deep depression. 
I'm not talking about a 48-hour victory where you go home and say, God, I don't know what to do again. That is not the sound of victory. The sound of victory is when you say, God, it doesn't matter if I win. God, it doesn't matter if I get everything that I want. I love you. I praise you. Praise ye the Lord. Your mercy endureth forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me to lie down in green pastures. 